myself I have an MBA securities licenses and clients net worth for decades for 15 million dollars they have 50 million dollars so you only can keep clients like that if you use decision science you use logic and you use math and you have a vast network of people that you tap in to their knowledge to benefit your clients. Because because of my securities licenses, I have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the public. Now, for me to make money and live a good lifestyle here in Southern California, I have to consistently make my client money. And more than that, provide them with the right intellectual, financial resources so we all could be happy. So I translate that, my career, who I am, into sports betting to give you, of all people, the tools you need to put money in your pocket, betting on college and professional sports. Why do I do that? I do it because I just got tired of listening to the bullshit from ESPN, from Fox Sports. Constant ton, Big Ten channel, constant ton of just crap. So since I watch a lot of sports, since I have a lot of contacts in the sports industry, I decided to share information, good Solid. I have a journalism background as well. Well sourced information so we can all help each other get to the truth or at least get close to the truth. Elon Musk said, if you know the truth, you can predict outcomes. So what we do is we collaborate. The sports betting is about collaboration. We collaborate with each other to get as close to the truth as possible to predict outcomes. And since we live in a $134 trillion U.S. market, the richest country in the world, for now, there's enough money for everybody where we do not have to be over competitive. But we teach decision science. We teach uh, mental health, mental health first aid kit. We teach uh, different methods, the nuts and bolts, right, of how to pick an investment, how to analyze an investment, right? And sports betting is an investment of your time and your money. So you have to have a very disciplined process. But to set the scene, uh, we were 80% first two days. Next two days, we broke even. So we are at 59 wins. Who has 59 wins in the NCAA tournament? Let me tell you, no one. And we have 34 losses. That is 63%. Last year, we were 64%. So we're in good position to beat last year. Uh, best I've ever had is 80% through the whole tournament. So we're a little, little less than that. Sharp is 59% where you could live in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Chat just came back from Vegas. He saw people. 
who live in Vegas just betting all the time. 59% you could do that. We're at 64%, which is five percentage points higher than that. However, elite is 70%. So we want to get to 70%. So for the first 15 minutes, I'll have a timer because we're all got busy schedules. For the first 15 minutes, we're going to debrief, right? Let's get into corporate terms because uh, we're starting the year now, right? We got to get into grinding. Grinding, grind, grind, grind until football season. (laughs) Take a little off. Uh, So it's debriefing in the corporate world. For me, I call it the Hawthorne effect. Whatever you track and you measure, you improve this performance by 10 to 20%. So for us, 64%, 10% is 74% elite. 20%, uh, we're indulging ourselves in wealth, which that's what capitalism is all about, right? That's why we live in here rather than Russia, China, or the Ukraine, all right? So first thoughts of, as we get into the nuts and bolts, we'll go Scott and Chad. So if you have watched the NCAA tournament, watch that picks, a lot of the games in the first basically three days have gone under. Right. So the NCAA made a, a complete 180-degree turn and said, we're going over on, on day four. And sure enough, our pre-show yesterday was – we're going to bet the unders until the unders don't hit anymore. Because that's the trend of the NCAA tournament. It was right. the San Diego State uh, theory, so to speak. And sure enough... You yeah, because I'm 11-0, and 0, right? So to to yeah. qualify some things. Yep. As we get into yep. corporate mode, again, to detail, again, to the, the the structure. And then we get to true crime, we'll have a real structure of the podcast. But yeah. so sure, so two sure things. So, so what is the NCAA? In your opinion, who and what are the NCAA that made the adjustments in the line? Well, it had to be the first guy is the tournament chair. Uh, the guy that, that set, you know, was in charge of, of making this tournament. Right. Probably was not a, a guy that was happy with, with how the results were going, which is a lot of low-scoring games, a lot of missed three-pointers, a lot of defense. Right. Um, and I think you started to see the turn in the UCLA game when the guy got plowed at the end. Um, I right, think I think so too. I think I think that's yeah. when the fix yeah. started. UCLA. That's what it was like. I mean, an, another key thing was on those under days. I mean, I'm there's five minutes left in the game, and there's like one team has three fouls and one team has two fouls. Yeah, they made it. A, there was a message to those refs saying, "Hey, we got to get these teams into the bonus early. We need you to call some ticky tack shit." You <laughs> saw that in every game. I mean, that Pitt Xavier game was it was over from the beginning, but they started slowing down. Right. They started calling all these ticky tack fouls and they were no one was hitting free throws. It actually gave the under like a a chance, like without, you know, all that those calls. Um and the numbers were getting bet down so much. Right. I mean the numbers were coming down three, four points that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it it, it was just it was setting up I mean, what who met with the Kentucky and Kansas State? I mean, they had a whole debriefing at halftime of how to play now. Guys, yeah. okay, this is because that was the most sickening under I've ever lost in my life. Right, exactly. right. Now, so let's get let's get deep into a couple things because you're right about the NCAA. However, right, we're all in the in the corporate world. We're all in capitalism. I have an MBA, economist. All I do is read about the economists. All those books back there, I've all read them. And the reasons we have drugs in this country, reasons we have prostitution. Tomorrow, the government can shut down drugs, can shut down prostitution. And it's because 10% of the economy has to be underground. When Chad went to Vegas yesterday, they paid in cash. There was like a lot of cash flowing over there that, that, that wasn't tracked, right? Because you need liquidity. We see here liquidity in the market. That is what it's talking about. So when it comes to the NCAA, you have the linkage, because it's a small world, between the casinos. Mm-hmm. Refs, right? And for, they, they banned refs from going to sports books. And then the ban got overturned. 
Steve right. Wynn is the financier for the Republican Party. He's worth what? $23 billion, right? Just a trillion dollars spent on, on the NCAA tournament. So, what do you guys think? Is there an underground element talking to the rest of there as part of what you're talking about, the NCAA? It has to be. This just absolutely has to be. There's too much like money Chad involved. Said, that Kansas State-Kentucky first half was abysmal basketball. Right. Totally abysmal. They right. were not hitting threes. They were not hitting the missing layups, missing easy jump shots. Right. And then all of a sudden, they start hitting these shots. They start getting fouls. They start getting the free throw line. They start racking up points. And then all the of a sudden... too. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden... Tempo. And then it came out, just the tempo was... Re- like, both teams, they agreed on it. They made a mutual agreement with right. running. Yep. Exactly, exactly, and and that's the thing. So what happened was the NCAA and the chair committee member, the guy that was running it, and Charlie Baker, who's in charge of the NCAA, sent out a memo to these refs and said, "Hey guys, look, we're getting killed right now. No, there's no no scoring going on. We need to start scoring." Now, now wait a second. Now, see, see, you threw a name out there, the very loaded name that you know well, Charlie, Charlie Baker, Baker, right? When yeah. I when I lived in the Northeast, right. Yep. I wanted to start a restaurant in Florida. Uh, they're like, Josh, you can start a restaurant here, Boston area, New York area, but first we got to introduce you to a mob guy. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Charlie Baker was your governor. Now he's the head of the NCAA making $3 million a year. Could Charlie Baker be elected governor or, or mayor of Boston without having any mob connections? No. <laughs> No way, because uh, there's a bunch of of mob connections up there. But still, it it just comes down to the fact that all of a sudden, you go for three days with about 80% unders, and now all of a sudden, you're you're basically going over on games, and it's starting with that kid. It happened in the the CBI, too. Four unders Saturday, four over Sunday. Right. Yeah, so. So now we know how to anticipate that. And because it's crazy, life is crazy, you have to collaborate. Because that's right. really esoteric inside stuff. You got to track it. And you need to, need to be like a three-man team like we are, where somebody anticipates that and says, hey, this Sunday, let's go with the overs. That's, a, that's how you get to 80%. You say, okay, the first three days, right? It's almost like a Mason, right? The Mason's working three and fives. First three days, all the games went uh, under. On Sunday, let's just go over. Oh, let's go over on every game. I did that in the NFL playoffs. In yeah, a, in you remember the one over we picked yesterday? UConn, the UConn game. Yes. Oh, my That didn't go uh, under. That one went under. <laughs> right. That's the only game we – well, that UConn game, I pushed at 125. Yeah. Yeah, but – but still, that, that's the yeah. the one over that we picked. Right. That went under. Right. Yeah. Every other game we picked was under. We we were buying into what was going on in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the Marquette game yeah. we got right. Uh, no. The the only two games that I think we could have got over on, maybe they should have gone over for a Hawthorne effect, was Fairly Dickerson and Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Florida Atlantic, but like to to Chad's point. Uh, the fact is a, a mutual agreement, right? In a normal basketball game, Fairleigh Dickerson and Florida Atlantic included, once a team gets a lead like Florida Atlantic, right? We talked about yeah. it on the podcast. You take the air out of the ball. Absolutely. Right? They kept running. Yeah. They kept running in the yeah. Miami game. Larinaga for the first time ever. Watching Larinaga for the last remember, uh, remember George Mason? Yeah. George yeah. Mason would get up to a lead, and then, boom, they take the air out of the ball. Right. Because right. Larry got used to coach in North Carolina forever. And, and, Chad, and Chad said it. The CBI, four unders on Saturday, four overs on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. And the first game this morning went over again by flying colors this morning. <laughs> yeah. first game. So, right. You catch that, right? You bet the over. Yeah, that tells you there was a memo. That was circulated. Right. Guys, start calling fouls. Start making, you know, get these games over. Any way you have to. Right. So the way you said medals without it being tracked is on 
the Signal app. So they probably all have the Signal app. Yeah. And they're saying, okay, guys, you need to do what you need to do to uh, make this go over. And the Xavier game was ridiculous. They were calling Fenton calls left and right to get the the game over. The Kentucky-Kansas State game was was clear example of, of that happening. Right. I mean, that's the game you pointed to yesterday and say that's the game that the referees got something to make that game go over. Right. Listen. And then you got Calipari, who's a veteran. Yep. Got Calipari, who, who, who's a veteran on that. Uh, so, fairly Dickinson, we got around, and then there's always a 20% luck factor. So, you can only go up to 80%. Yeah, and the luck factor this Saturday and Sunday we saw a lot of luck factor. I mean, well, the, the, Mary's, I think they needed three points like two and a half minutes to go over. Right. Yep. And they couldn't get through there. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's just. I well, mean, the Gonzaga game was the epitome of that. Get so the, there's the Kentucky game and there's one CBI game, Duquesne and Rice. Both of those games. Had to go about 90 points in the second half to go over, and they both did it. Egregiously under first half. I mean, memo. You know, I don't think, I mean, I, I need to go do some research, but I don't think 90, like, point half, like, at the same time. Those games are literally being played at the same time. You know, like, that. that's crazy to me. Like, you don't see in the playoff basketball at 90 point half, like what, what is really going on? What were the stakes going, were the stakes? Oh yeah. Like, uh, the other one, well, two things. I'll go Gonzaga or Gonzaga. Oh my gosh. I don't even freaking All right. So Gonzaga, this, and I lived this through before. How can you get a ball rolling on the ground, pick it up from the freaking floor, go all the way up, get the shot off in point seven. They started the clock so late. They didn't start it when it touched his hand. That's not. I want to see someone shoot that shot with point seven and even get it off. No, it should have been. Number one, it should have been waved off. But I lived this through this before. One time I lost a million dollars on it, right? I had a 16. That's why you, I never parlay. I had 16 leg parlay and the 16th was Coach Barnes. That's why I can't pick Coach Barnes games. Cause I'm always going to pick against him because he lost me a million dollars was he did not have, right? Same scenario. Almost the same scenario. Gonzaga is up at this point by eight points and the game is under. And there's yeah. 10 seconds left on the clock. All they had to do was inbounds the ball and say, hey, we're just running out the clock because there's no way you guys can score eight points in nine seconds. What does a, a Gonzaga guy do? And you got to invest, you know, they're not going to do it, but you do have to investigate the Gonzaga guy. So because the Gonzaga guy hands the ball over. To TCU guy. He literally, literally, there's four Gonzaga guys wide open, and there's a TCU guy right at the free throw line, and he's still the two. And the other thing is, what have you seen? TCU inbounds the ball, Gonzaga catches the ball, gets the inbound play, TCU will just back off and say, okay, we're not, we have no chance. It's over. Dribble off the clock. Right. Right. But Gonzaga decides, here, yeah, it's TCU. Here's the ball for you. You take it. Yeah, what? What? Really? And then it floats down and up and down, and Gonzaga is up by seven or eight. It's like, okay, we got this. We're all set. No, we don't. It's just, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Right. It, it really it's so is. crazy because if, if TCU didn't foul, right, they cover, they foul, so Gonzaga gets the two free throws, needs one to cover. Right. And then, oh. You should have seen the sports book in Vegas on that shot, man. Yeah, I have a video of it. Going, yeah. Everybody was going nuts. Parts <laughs> were broken in half. No, Dude, but, but yeah, and that and that's the thing, right? So a lot of lessons to be learned, right? You guys are, you know, I, I say it in nauseum, but that's the one. Never grip one game. Always bet ten or more games. Because if you want six or seven at it, you got your profit. <laughs> what are you doing? You're walking out and you're 
flicking off Vegas and everybody on the way out of here. I got my profit. I'm going home. You know what I mean? It 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 it, it stinks. It, it sucks just to sit there and go. You got this game. It, it, it's all right. set. It's in right. the bag. You've already you're on your way up to cash your ticket. And then you look at the TV. It's like they just hit a three. I just <laughs> lost my ticket. Oh, there it goes. Go well, ahead. You should have seen it, man. Every because a guy was on his phone too. He had a little bit ahead of the screen. He goes. Then he got fouled. He's like, oh, he makes both. It's over. He makes both free throws. It's a cover. Right. Point seven yeah. seconds left. He's walking up to cash out, and then like, we're watching the screen. Why are they letting him roll it all the way to the perfect <laughs> point? Yeah, that, yeah. That's when you know the, the refs have said to the coach, "Hey, let him roll the ball up the right. court. This is going over." Right. I mean, they were all in on it. All TCU, Gonzaga, and the refs were all in on this. Thing. Oh no, that's the thing, you know. Uh, I'll put it up here and see if you guys can see this. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll get everything. Cash every over number that's out there. Get it as high as possible. Right. Yeah. Now I I have the the video. I'll put it up in a second. Uh. This is modern life with technology. They want you to put 15. Uh, I got, I got, I got about seven, eight more minutes, and I got to hop off. Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, uh, Wasn't there a game in the tournament, either Saturday or Sunday, that a team was pressing and fouling the fans? Missouri, the Missouri game. Right. They were fouling down to the last 15 seconds, and everybody yeah. in the arena pulling them. Completely booing them. Right. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Should have known. Should have known something was up. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well, now we know for next time. And then when I say something, you guys will like it. You guys can see the screen, right? Oh yeah, this is casino. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then your boy's like, oh man, hey, don't grip one game, man. You lost all your money, young young fella. Do not grip on one hey, game. What, uh, what book is that? <laughs> uh, there's a Westgate. You guys in there? Where are you oh, guys sitting? Oh, that's the theater seating at the Westgate. Yeah. Look, <laughs> 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 like he lost all his money, dude. Your money's gone. You, let me see. You're ripping up your ticket in anger. Nash, the gnashing of the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that Alright, real quick, rapid fire and then, Oh that uh, was Circa. That was Circa Sports. Oh that was Circa, okay. Yeah, Circa, yeah, that's Circa. Yeah, I was I was at Westgate. Yeah. Yeah. That's Circa. All right, so rapid fire and then uh Scott after Chad leaves, Scott and I will uh, get into the sweet sixteen. Yeah. Last twenty minutes, right. Bad pick or bad luck. Uh Xavier, we got minus five right, under one forty-eight. I, I would say it's bad. I would say all these unders that went over is bad luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I, I would say that. I'd say that one was bad luck. What, what do you say, Chad? Yeah, I would say. It's bad. No, I mean, I, I I think it's a bad pick, honestly. I mean, I just think that that game, I mean, was gonna be an up and down. Xavier likes to run, man, and they never turned off the running. No, they and they they've done that though this year. It's not the first time that you know they we've seen that out of it. Right, but when 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 he's gotten the lead, he's taking the air out of the ball. I guess he wanted to big win the Big East regular season title, give a team a rest during the conference. We talked about it before, and then he's ready for the NCAA because he's making a lot of money. That's thirteen million dollars yeah, a win. Xavier is playing a team that had three games in five days. You know, I think yeah. that maybe even they didn't want to crank up the running a little. Right, more. I think so. Yeah, that would have been different. So I, I, I think did yes. hear that on a podcast I listened to um, Saturday night that the guy expected both teams to just try to run the ball up and down the court because because of the tie factor. Right. And and he was he was right. That's what they wanted to do, and that's what they did. Basically, they're placing a bet too, right? That they have a yeah. better strength and condition coach than the other guy. Yep. Yep. No doubt. All right. So I would say bad pick. Uh, Kentucky minus three. Oh, can we go on? <laughs> <laughs> You're not shooting a bet that game because we're Colorado fans. Yeah, 
We coach Cal fans. We should not bet it. So I would say bad pick. Bad pick. We should have let Chad pick that game. Because yeah. we coach Cal. I saw some dude at the window, too. He went and bet it all on Kansas uh, State second-half line. Why? I was like, oh. You never do that yeah, because, that. you know, yeah. something happens to Kansas State, you're fucked. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but that under, I think Kansas, the, the side is kind of a bad pick, but that total is, is bad. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah I know, I know. And we, we pushed that. That should have been a win. That would have got, 22, yeah. What was it, 22-21 late in the first half? I'm like, there's no way they're going to win the other number. No way. Uh, other than the refs went to two, both locker rooms and said, hey, 80% of the games have gone under. We're going to have to get this over in a second. Kansas <laughs> State was open 12. There was like three minutes left in the first right. half of three. I'm like, right. there's no way. There's no, and that's how I played ball. during the regular season. They're, they're a brick factory. Yeah. Did you get Kansas State to help uh, rebuild the Ukraine because they're nothing but bricks? <laughs> this is, this is exactly State. why I can, uh, we'll get into it. Sweet 16, thanks. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, Marquette, we got right. We got both sides. Marquette minus three. The under, actually, I got it right. You guys got it wrong. Yeah. yeah All right. Well, what, what, bad pick or bad luck on you guys' part? That's bad pick for me. Bad pick. Yeah, I think a little bit of both, but definitely, I definitely have a bad pick. Yeah. Michigan State have the home game. Tom Izzo. The, I want to talk about the refs. Marquette got no calls. Every and yeah. they illustrated at one time. I guess they illustrated. I don't know what the announcer said, but because I had it on mute, but he had one play where the Michigan State put his foot out, hit the Marquette guy in the chest, knocks him down, refs going whatever. Yeah. Then 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 Marquette guy goes misses the Michigan State guy, puts up a layup, and the refs like this. Yeah. Oh, like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when refs are are, 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 are are dramatizing it, you know it's a fake call. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. But I predicted it, right? And uh, so I, I got it right. Under 140. That was under the whole time because of Izzo. That's the way Izzo yeah. is. Creighton plus minus two. That under. I think that was a bad pick with that. That, that you know, the style of play, the threes. Yeah, they can get how to go over. Over. Uh, we See, bet the trend there and didn't evaluate the game for what it was. Recently, right? Yeah, and, and we even said during the thing that uh, Bill's defense was too inconsistent. They were going to be terrible. So, yeah, no, that, that was the biggest sin we committed on Sunday. Not supposed yeah. to commit sins on Sunday, and then I would say, "What about the rest of the days?" Oh, you're lying in church. Well, what if you're outside church, <laughs> or you're cursing in church? Well, it doesn't matter whether you curse in church or not. You know. All right, so, Fairly Dickerson. I got to hop on, man. All right, man. All right, Chad. All right, thanks for coming on, bro. See you, you too. Thank you. Uh, Fairly Dickerson, Florida Atlantic. Bad pick. I thought the Fairly Dickerson guy had the right approach. He wasn't taking it too seriously. He was letting his guys have fun. We should have anticipated that, and that's going over. No doubt. No doubt. I I think the start of the game dictated it was going to be an over, which is... Florida Atlantic get off to a hot start. Fairly Dickinson just started catching up. Right. And they started shooting the ball much, much better after the five minutes. That, that killed us. And then it was over because really, uh, it, it's what we've talked about, right? And to make sure I write it yeah. up, people read it and get ready to go for the next March Madness. Uh, and then other things as they come up, you know, the NFL comes up. We do really well in the NFL. We're above. We're still the same five percentage points above what Sharp is. Uh, that you have to uh, do your research, right? You do your research, and then realize that it's like the Communist Party, like the Chinese Party. Everything is a lie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the 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 dad. And the son, the son's first day on Wall Street, worked hard. His only son didn't have any other kids. Make sure he went to um, Yale, undergrad. He went to Harvard to get his master's degree, gets an MBA. 
starts working in Wall Street. Dad calls him up. Son, hey, I don't want to bother you. I know you're busy. How was your first day at Wall Street? And he said, Dad, it was good, but it seems like everybody's out to get me. And the dad's like, it doesn't seem like everybody's out to get you. Everyone is out to get you. <laughs> so the casino's out to get you. ESPN is out to get you. The rest are out to get you. The underground liquefied economy is out to get you. So polls, meaningless. Rankings, meaningless. Absolutely. Bracketology, oh, bracketology, meaningless. Meaningless. Seedings, meaningless. Yep. FAU, because of their talent, not just because of the record, but because of their talent, style of play, innovative, young coach who's smart. FIU should have been a two to a three seed. I wouldn't have made them a one seed because they didn't play all the heavyweights all year long. Right, exactly. Exactly. But they're a two or three seed with the talent and the way the way they can play. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it, they were see the they were very poorly seeded. Exactly. I, listen, what it here's here's the deal. They will never put a Florida Atlantic up at a two or three or four seed because of the conference they play in, right. the teams they play in that conference, and the um, how many quad they go by quad one wins, quad two wins, whatever. Right. They will never have like Kansas seventeen top flight wins during the season. Why? Because they just don't play those teams. But those teams are just as good as everybody else. And as you see, somebody like a Princeton who's, who was supposedly a low seed, is a good team. Yeah, no, Princeton should have been like a three or four seed. Yeah, absolutely. Versus being 15, and then Florida Atlantic was a 12 seed. I agree. When you say, oh, 12 seed, they're good because it's it's, it's rigged, right? They're not a 16 16 seed, right? Right. So, you know, in Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, hot team. They were just a hot team, relaxed. And their little short guard, if he was taller, the short guy, what is he, 5'6", five, 5'7"? Five, if he was taller, number two on Fairleigh Dickerson, he would be a lottery pick. Right? And just the big school, everybody, um, uh, you know, didn't pick him because of his size. But he, that guy's a legit... Exactly. Player, man, he's so fat, he so quick, he has a quick jump, right? And you know what I'm saying, that quick jump where he can get a shot off because he's so quick off his feet. So it doesn't matter if the taller guy's guarding him, he's so quick, he has a clear view of the basket, bam, he's lights out. He was lights out. It is, it is another reason Philly Dickinson was playing last night. And I don't know if people realize this or not. Merrimack won that championship game, okay? And the reason they didn't go was because they were a Division Two team transitioning to a Division One schedule and team. Right. Well, Fairleigh Dickinson in that championship game basically had nothing to play for. Right. Okay. That's why they were in the NCAA tournament, and Purdue took them for granted, saying, ah, they weren't supposed to be here. They weren't. They, there's no way. And Purdue gets stung. Fairleigh Dickinson is not a bad team. No. They just were beat by Merrimack in the championship game. So that's why people were saying, ah, Fairleigh Dickinson, they ain't going to be pretty, they ain't going to do this. They're a good team. And and for people to overlook that, shame on them. Yeah, no, and they're a good team, and Purdue's not, they're a good team, but they're they're not an, an elite team. Right. I was off Purdue March 1st. Oh, February 1st, not March 1st, February 1st. Why was that at Purdue? Because if you watch them play, they're not very good. No. Their guys are terrible. They have one player, Zach Eady, and he's not even that good either. No, he's, he's just, just tall. He's just tall. He gets <laughs> rebounds and he gets the ball. Right. But he, he's not that good. No. So. So, and, and when you look at Florida Atlantic, right, and you're, you're breaking them down, that's why we made money off of them. Uh, they, they learn from their mistakes. They certainly do. So they went toe to toe with Mississippi. They lose, you know, by a few points. Yep. They come back and they beat Florida. Yeah. So that tells me 
because they can go toe to toe with the the best teams in the SEC. Because you say, oh, Florida and uh, Ole Miss didn't make the tournament. Believe me, the margin between teams that don't make the tournament and teams that do make the tournament and are elite in the SEC very little. Very many. Yep. A play here, a play there. Yep. And the fact that they're consistent, right? They only lost three games the whole year. And the teams they lost to were to uh, the second team in the regular season standings, uh, Ole Miss, an SEC team, which they barely lost to, right? And then their third loss was to Middle Tennessee State, the third team in the conference. So they beat all the bad teams they played, right? They showed up every night to play. They liked playing, which makes a big difference. That's why they made us money the first two games. Yes. All right, so Gonzaga with luck. Miami, we had the plus two, under 145. I would say that, I don't know, because Laranega, we, we know what his, he, he, Laranega was off script last night. Now we know why. Maybe we could have, what do you think, Scott? <laughs> he certainly was off script. The thing with Miami is, and I, I said it, I think I said it for the conference previews, is that they score a lot and they give up a lot. Right. And in the first round, they didn't score a lot because one of the guys was, had an off shooting night and that their forward was coming back from an ankle injury. Right. So they were, they were dead in the water until they went on a 16 to 1 run to close that straight game out the first right. round. Sometimes when that happens, teams just get a, take a breath and say, now we can play. And they certainly played against Indiana last night. I just think Indiana did not show up defensively at all. And I think that helped Miami in a major, major way. And, then, and I, I don't think Indiana is that good. What people think? Exactly. Indiana, what I'm yeah. The, you know, you've been on the, the, the TJD right. uh, thing. He's just, he, last night, he was just a guy playing last night. Next time, we see Jet, uh, next time we see Trace Jackson Davis, he will be in the G League making 30 grand a year. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he looked like just a guy that was playing out there, even though he scored 20, 23, 24 points. I forget what he scored, but he scored 20. In the yeah, because he gave him the ball all the time. Yeah. You got a traditional NBA coach in Woodson who believes in feeding the post. That's why he, yep. you know, he's a talk kid and got, and he got chances. And Larry Nag is a Final Four coach, too. He took George Mason in the Final Four. George Mason. Let's people forget. Yes. Yeah. So. And that team was very talented. They were, they, every every guy had a role and did the world role perfectly. Even the yep. guy coming off the bench. That's how Absolutely. George Mason got in there. I remember that. Absolutely. So they bet George Mason all the way. Yep. <laughs> Individually. Each game. Broken down. Because that, that year, the Atlantic 10 was the best conference in basketball. People didn't... It did no credit. No got credit. No credit. Zero credit. Uh, the fifth and sixth team, I remember that year, the fifth and sixth team in the Atlantic 10 got cheated. And the only reason the top four went, because in the non-conference, all those teams beat multiple. They beat Georgetown. They beat Villanova. That's when Villanova was hot with Jay Wright. All those teams beat everybody. They beat UCLA. They beat Michigan State. They beat Kentucky. They all beat all of them. All of them. And, and they, exactly. you couldn't deny all four. And that was St. Joe's team, Aaron McKee, and all this and that. Uh, you know, with a guy who's now the assistant in Michigan. Uh, you know, so you had St. Joe's. You had uh, George Mason. You had Chaka Khan, right? Chaka Smart, VCU. Uh, they made yeah, the Final VCU. Four. I think there were two Atlantic 10 teams in the Final Four. If I was a mistake. Yeah, and, and if I'm not mistaken, then Loyal Chicago was the they at least went to the Elite Eight. I don't remember. Right, they were, they were in the mix right there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, everybody says, oh, these small schools, they're not any good. Yeah, yeah, good. They are really good. Marginal they're utility, good. right? 200 are elite, but 201 to 1,000, there's not much. And if you work hard, those 201 to 1,000, you look at a guy like Terry Porter. Terry Porter is an right. 870 guy. He ends up being a perennial all-star in the NBA because he worked himself into it. Yeah, and, and and look at okay, we never me and you don't call these upsets, but 
let's just let's just play along. For right. Me. Look right. at all these lower seeds that are playing in the Sweet 16. Right. That people call upsets. Okay. Princeton did not upset anybody. No. Okay. Florida yeah. Atlantic did not upset anybody. No. They beat a good Memphis team, yes, and then they they beat a a, a tough Philly Dickinson team. Right. Okay. I get that. San Diego State, nobody had them go to the Sweet 16. No. They're there. And they play in Alabama, right. who's the number one seed who's really good. So, Talent-wise, if San Diego State was at the airport and Alabama was at the airport, you would know the difference between neither team. Absolutely. No question. No question. No doubt. All right. So, no. we'll go through these games real quick. Eight minutes. Okay. Michigan State, Kansas State. You Both of you and I already bet Michigan State. Either yes. the money line or was there. The total started out at one thirty-seven five. Uh, I'm leaning towards bidding that right now under yeah. before it, it starts dropping. I I think there's gonna be an overreaction to Sunday, right? And I think people are gonna bet the over because when they look at it, they see Michigan State and they see Kansas State, who just scored a lot of points, right? So, Tom Izzo, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. The Michigan State win, I think Tom Izzo's going to the Final Four. I think he's going to the Final Four. Because if you give this guy four days to get ready for K-State, he will come up with a game plan to shut them down. So, I I at least think they're going to the Elite Eight. I at least think they're going to the Elite Eight. And I would not be surprised if they go to the Final Four. It's in New York. Michigan State. You know, Marquette's out now. Right. Okay. The number one seed is out now. That's wide open. Do you trust Tennessee to go to the Final Four out of that region? Without a guard. Do you trust Florida Atlantic over Michigan State? I don't because of the coaching. So I, I And the referees. Know. The referees are going to be all on Michigan State. Because now they're the story. They want Michigan State to be the story and not Alabama with the shootings. They certainly do. With the shootings, bring a gun to a murder and stuff like that. That's why you gotta pay attention to the news. You know, I hate the news. I hate the, nobody hates the news more than me. It's depressing. Yeah. But you gotta pay attention when you're yeah. sports betting because it does influence. Whenever I say no, it doesn't influence this conspiracy theory, I end up losing money. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yesterday included. <laughs> I should have been conspiratorial. The more conspiratorial I was, I made, I made more money yesterday. Alright? Lesson learned. Uh, Next game that day is Arkansas, or like Anna, she reminded me yesterday. Arkansas. Arkansas. Man, I like that. I like them plus four against UConn to be in a tight game because Musselman, he's an NBA coach, right? So he knows how to uh, strategize for a game, and he knows in-game adjustments. And Hurley is Hurley. He's going to do his style and try to wear Arkansas down. And I don't think they can wear Arkansas down. So it's going to be a very, very close game at the end. That if you give me four points, which is more than a three-pointer, then I'm going to get killed by some random three-pointer late. I like the plus four in this. What's going to be 140? The game's gonna be right at right at that one forty yeah. marker. I know. Yeah. What, what do you think, Scott? So th- this is very this is very familiar territory for Arkansas. They right. were four point underdogs against Kansas. Right. Kansas is a better team than UConn, no question about it. No. Okay. No. UConn the first two games has played a terrible first half and has played a great second half. Right. They've been they've been they struggled the first this game. Arkansas, or Arkansas, <laughs> will take advantage of that. Right. Arkansas is a very good shooting basketball team. They can run. They can slow down. They've been to the Elite Eight two years in a row. There's a reason why Musselman is, is an right. excellent coach. He's a top five to eight coach in the NCAA, NCAA uh, field right now for the first 68. Right. I like Arkansas plus four. And I like the game to sneak over because I think UConn's going to have to run without oh, yeah. Arkansas. And I think that's going to present easier opportunities for both teams. So I, I think it slightly goes over, just barely goes over, but I think it goes over. I agree. 
This game is going to be a hot game. It's going to be good. Uh, Florida Atlantic against Tennessee. Florida Atlantic has something to prove. Tennessee is going to be the hot shot. But this, this is... I'm getting five points. The strength of Florida Atlantic, like we saw last night, is their guard and guard depth. One of those guards sits down to rest. The guy coming off the bench is just as good or better than him. And... Tennessee is missing their point guard from they had all season. And they're having forwards and stuff bring the ball down the court. They're going to steal the ball from them in the beginning. You're going to see some steals. And it's going to be hard for Tennessee to get in that offense. And they, they're going to have to rely on their defense. Problem is the speed of Florida Atlantic. And I like their coach. He reminds me of Pat Riley and the Lakers. They will advance the ball quickly off a of made basket. Before Tennessee can set their defense. I think that's a big shot. Because Tennessee is bigger. And they do play well defense. They're big but quick at the same time. But that secondary break. That quickness. Nothing you can do about quickness. And you're missing your guard. Give me uh, Florida Atlanta plus the five. And you're sitting. Give me 131. I'm bidding, that now. I'm bidding the over now. I'm bidding the over 131 now. So here's, so here's what, what you'll hear for the next three days. Florida Atlantic's pass was easy. They beat Memphis. They beat Philly Dickinson. Was easy. Okay, go with that theory. Go ahead. I don't care. Go with that theory. Tennessee played the national championship game against Duke with people. Okay, when a team gets on a high to play a team, they usually generally come down, and that's what's going to happen with Tennessee. I think defensively, really, really good. I give them full credit. They're a really good defensive team. Offensively. They have trouble putting the ball in the basket. Horrible. Florida Atlantic will capitalize on that. I love Florida Atlantic plus five. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I'm betting you over now. Uh, 130, 131, you said? 131. Oh, gosh. I'm betting you over. Because I, I, think, I think Florida Atlantic is going to put – I wouldn't be shocked if Florida Atlantic has a 20-point lead at halftime. On no, Tennessee. Oh, and then no, Tennessee no. has to come back. And that, that defensive style will fly out the window. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. I, I just think that's disrespect to Florida Atlantic. I hope they. I hope they play this card. That they're being disrespected by right. people. So this game will be hot. Uh, Gonzaga against UCLA. UCLA is favored by two points, and the total is one forty six and climbing. So I'm gonna wait for this to climb. I'm gonna go under because of Cronin. Cronin wants to put Operation Lockdown. Give me UCLA on the money line because it'll be a crazy game. UCLA on the money line under 146 or whatever it balloons to. And believe me, it's going to balloon with those L.A. billionaires heading to Vegas and plopping out a million dollars on the favorite UCLA in the over. So I might get an under 150. So the worst worst thing for us is that we lost the, the total <laughs> on the Gonzaga game against TCU. Right. The best thing is it's going to balloon it to 151-152 for this game, right. before this game tips. Because of that. And, that. and UCLA will not allow Gonzaga to score 80 points again. Right. This won't happen. Mick Cronin will do something, whether it be slow it down, whether it be take away the best, or whatever he's whatever. going to do something. Um, Tiger Campbell is going to walk the, the ball up the court. I'm going to agree with you. I, I'm taking UCLA in the money line. I don't. Uh, this game, this game could really go either way for me, um, but UCLA I like a little bit more in this situation. I I think UCLA's met a lot of the challenges that, that have come across in front of them all year long, except for the Pac-12 championship game where they lost that. Um, but I, I think UCLA is on a nice little roll here. If they stop following three-point shooters with five seconds left in the game, <laughs> they'll be fine. Um, but I like you say on the money line, and, and I'm with you. I'm going to wait till this balloons to 152, right. and I'm going to cut the under. And I'm going to go the other way. All right. So. All right. So we're at our time limit for day two. Do you want to do we line keep, change? We can keep going. We can hammer out the rest of them. Okay. I got a couple of minutes. So. All right. Because, you know, we'll do a live stream Thursday, Friday, yep. Saturday, Sunday. You're, you're up for it? All right. Yeah, no. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we'll go through these other games real quick. Yep. Uh, man, I'm betting this right now. I already bet it. But 
I already bet. It's going yeah, up. Which cave this is so I might have to bet again to, because the number's going up for an explicable reason, which is good. Now it makes sense for me now. Make the games on Sunday. I'll go over and have everybody just start hammering over. And <laughs> 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 we're going to have to go the other way because now it started at 135. Now it's at 137. Folks, I'm 11 and 0, San Diego State under. <laughs> now, now, now the line's going up. I might have to double down on San Diego State. And then I'm getting eight points climbing. It started at six and now it's at eight. Can this get to ten points by game time? Give me San Diego State. San Diego State has been San Diego State up, right? And I've been watching basketball my whole life. I made $100,000 in the NCAA tournament once. This year, what have you done for me lately? I was 80%. We were, right? We were 80% because uh, Scott gave me like three or four picks. Then I would not have been 80% without Scott's picks. So we are, I do not have a mouse in my pocket. So when I say <laughs> we, it's Scott and I. Scott and I, 80% first today. We're 63% for the tournament. 59% is sharp. So I'm telling you, San Diego State is a better basketball team than Alabama. Maybe Alabama's a better track team. Maybe they can hurdle faster. They can run faster. They have a guy who brought a gun. I'm not going to call him a criminal. I'm, that's, I'm just going to stick to the fact. He brought a gun to what became a crime scene, and there's a body. Somebody's dead, and he delivered the weapon, right? He's going to go to the NBA lottery pick. San Diego State is a better basketball team, better fundamentals. They play better defense. And their athletes, one through eight, or whoever comes on the court, is just as good as Alabama. What do you think about that game? I like that game. That, that's a monetization game. You bet a little extra on these things. Oh, Alabama played Maryland. Right. Maryland is San Diego State light. Right. Why? Because they play fairly good defense. Not great, right. fairly good Alabama had problems with them until midway to uh, a little bit earlier than midway to the second half. Then they just started scoring because I think Maryland just basically said, "You know what? We're done. We won our game. Let's get out." And yeah, they were tired. They're, they're exhausted. They don't want to get people hurt. And Alabama yeah. was playing then, at home. It was in Birmingham. And that's another. And that was in Birmingham. It was a total Alabama crowd. And the other thing is the strength and conditioning staffs have not done a good job with these these players. No, they at haven't. All they look horrible, tired. So, we get to San Diego State. What do they do? Slow down basketball with defense. Right. Okay? Coaching staff is smarter than than almost any other coaching staff in the tournament. What they, are they going to do? They, they won a title. You got to remember that. Dutcher won an NCAA title with Fisher. Uh, it's actually before the Fab Five. Then they yeah. recruited. Dutcher was the one who recruited the Fab Five. It wasn't Fisher. It was Dusher. He was the assistant. And he's the one who recruited Kawhi Leonard. Right. Right. To San Diego State. So what, so what, what, what does everybody think San Diego State's going to do? Say, oh, Alabama's best team in the tournament. We're, we're just going to let it. Of course. San Diego State, the under, I've already met it. Okay, came out on DraftKings at two, about two o'clock yesterday. Yeah. Cause I messaged Josh and told him what it was. It was, <laughs> at that point, it was six points and 135. And now the spread's gone up, the toll's gone up. Bid it again? I'm going under, and I'm going San Diego State. Because I think San Diego State can beat Alabama. Right. Beyond that. Not sticking it that way. No, put five, ten bucks on the money line. Absolutely. Like we did Princeton. That may be an option I can go with, but Alabama has not seen a defensive team like San Diego State uh, during the season. Plus 285 right now. Plus 290. San Diego State. I might bet it because it's going to go plus over plus three hundred. You know, you you put a couple hundred bucks on this and that, and put ten yep. on on uh, on that on the money line. Yeah. Yep. So give me San Diego State. Give me the Believe me, Kawhi Leonard is at the San Diego State practice day. Oh no doubt. And he no doubt. he's on the scout team, uh, playing Miller. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Because they're right there in the vicinity. You know, I drive and I see them. 
Next game, very good game. Another game. Uh, the screams the under, right? Because you got Larnana and Sampson and South style of play. It's now minus seven. Look for Miami to cover the seven points. And this is actually going the other way. So if you like the under bet, I'm going to bet the under right now. Once we uh, end the podcast, I'm going to bet the under because it's going the other way. It started at 38.5. Now it's 37.5. This is going to be a kind of a championship drag out game in the 60s, which is 120. So that gives me a lot of, lot of, lot of leeway. One thirty-seven. You want, you want two breaking news college basketball stories? Uh oh. Patino agrees to St. John's. Got it. So he's gone to St. John's. Cooley agrees to go to Georgetown. Wow. So those two just, just broke. So that makes it ninety percent. So, but doing research, when a coach is about to leave, their team doesn't cover, and Providence didn't cover, because his mind was already at Georgetown. He's recruiting for Georgetown. Agreed. Agreed. Totally so if agree. you have that information, you totally bet against Providence in the NCAA tournament because the man's mind's already at Georgetown. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Providence, Rhode Island is one of the richest places in the country. I have stories about that place. Uh, they should have paid up giving Coach Cooley a little bit more money. I agree. Instead of I being agree. arrogant, just taking that Big East money and this and that. Because now there's you're going to no have to play that, in Georgia. There's no, there's no way Providence is a successful a program no. if, if Ed Cooley's not there no. as their coach. No. no way. No. I agree. And I, I am picking Miami. I'm with you 100%. I'm picking Miami. The reason why I think Houston's favored by seven is because what they did to Auburn. But Auburn right. is not a good basketball shooting team. And defensively, they struggle at times. And Houston... Uh, blew that apart for them. So that's why you don't watch ESPN. You're ESPN. You're you're hammering Houston right now. Do not watch ESPN. The line is climbing at seven. Miami and Houston is missing. uh, Sasser's not at a hundred percent. They're the point guard. In a slowdown team, defensive team like that, you need your point guard to be able to be you know to be at a hundred percent. Go listen to ESPN. Get it to ten. Get it to ten. Get it to. Fifteen, come on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Everybody thinks Houston's the best team left in the NCAA tournament. I, I seriously don't think so. All right, so man, that's I'm, I'm betting these now. Yeah, uh, Miami in the, in the under. Yeah. I think Larinaga is going to play defense in this game. Princeton, I, I and that's what you have to see with your own eyes. Uh, you know, billionaire, old Jewish guy who helped me, mentored me in the finance world. To Josh, the most important thing in finance and business and money is you see with your eyes. Bill Harrington up in your area, on the car dealers in New Hampshire, see with your eyes. Princeton is a better basketball team than Creighton. They got better athletes, better players, they shoot better, they're taller. However, Creighton, because they're in the Big East, and because ESPN, they're 10 point favorites. <laughs> Princeton. Princeton. Princeton, and then the totals one forty. What? 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 What have people been watching? Right. Princeton's played two great games. Right. Okay. There's good teams. Creighton beat a bad Baylor team. Right. They beat a bad Baylor team. Right. Baylor was was highly seeded because of the conference they play in. And because of the, maybe they beat Kansas this year. I don't remember if they did or not. Right. If they beat Kansas, everybody's going nuts over them. Okay. All Princeton's done is beat two teams that are, are pretty good, are pretty good in Arizona. Right. In the first, and yesterday, and Saturday, or yesterday, I forget which, which day it was. Okay. Creighton has not beaten a really good team in this tournament. No. Princeton has beaten a Really good Arizona team in this tournament. Okay, so get it to twelve. Get it to, get again. Get it to fifteen. Watch ESPN. They're all over Creighton. Probably right. I haven't watched them, but they're all over Creighton. Right. I'm taking Princeton. I'm taking the under. What's the, what's the over under? Uh, one forty. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's because Creighton scored eighty three points yesterday. Right. Or eighty six. Whatever they scored. It's going under. It's back to the under. unders. It's back to the unders, and then on the weekend. It might go around. Yeah, yeah. 
But this this is Princeton and an under. Princeton could be an underdog by 13 points before the tip-off. So. Yeah. In the end, Vegas making Ooh. that money, but we're in business with Vegas. And then the last game of the Sweet 16 is Xavier, friends from Xavier, against Texas. Uh, the over-under is 147. What do you think, Scott? Oh, 147. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, this is Here we go again. We've got to bet that Texas. now. Uh, it is. This is going down. It started at 148 and a half. It's been bet down to 147. So we bet that okay. now. Bet yeah. under 147. Under 147. That's, that's number one. Uh, if Texas, Texas doesn't clown around. Because they clowned around last game. Yeah. Last game, they had a clear talent advantage. Guys were laughing the whole game. The other team got up by yeah. five. The, the sidelines was laughing. And then right in yeah. the carry was like, come on, guys. And boom, they turned it on. They looked good when they turned it on. Then they started yeah, laughing. I think Texas. I, I think Texas is going to win this game. I by more than four them. points. Yeah, by more than four points. Yeah. Yeah, four, but they're going to win Burrow by seven or, or eight in this game. Right. I I just I think Texas get the final four out of this region. I really do because because the talent Houston's the one seed. Houston's the one seed, and, and they might be out this game. Yeah, yeah. Houston is the one seed. Yeah, I can see Miami beating them. Oh, to yeah. be honest with you. Oh yeah. Um, but I I like Texas in this spot. I just think that uh, the the final four is in Houston this year or something like that, right? So I, uh, I think Texas. Okay. I believe so. I'm not Let's sure. San Antonio, maybe the Alamo Dome. Yeah, I want to say same thing. So same that, thing. Uh, I lived in Austin for two years, and yeah. it's an hour and a half, two hour drive between um, Austin and San Antonio. Yeah, and then so, so the same same for the other direction to Houston. It's two hours to Houston. San Antonio is actually closer. You can get to San Antonio in 40 minutes. The Riverwalk. So here's a conspiracy theory for you. The NCAA would love to have the University of Texas play in San Antonio. Right. So I will take Texas. That's why they put Houston and Texas in the same region, so either one of them gets in there. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, here's what I think. If Houston beats Miami, Texas and Xavier will be a really close game. If Miami beats Houston... Texas is going to win by 10, right. I think, because they they want one Texas team in the Final Four. And that will be huge for the NCAA. They, they'll market that thing up completely right. if Texas is in there. So you got to give me Texas and give and give, bet the under now before it goes down even more because it's going down. So you got to bet it now. The, bet the side. You don't, I mean, bet the total. You don't have to bet the side right now. Right. Because that that might that'll probably stay right at four, but the total is coming down as Josh said, you know, day by day. So. Yeah. So the final four is in, uh, NRG Stadium, Houston. Houston set. Houston. Yeah. So, so you got to go yep. the under because that's a football stadium. Yeah. So, Houston being there might be the way that the NCAA goes with this. Right. University of Houston in NRG Stadium. So I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on that. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing because Houston, they go into the Big 12. Uh, Texas is the big school in Texas, the big money school in Texas. So they would rather run the Longhorns there. Uh, Austin, again, Austin is a two-hour ride, which is right there. So the whole campus, the whole Texas campus will be in there to fill the tickets. So exactly. exactly. So yeah. So definitely. That's that. All right. So final yeah. words, Scott. I am gonna hop off after the final after we we close. Um, sure. Just watch the bet. There's a couple of them you need to bet now. Right. Texas Xavier, San Diego State, Michigan State on the side. Bet those now. Those those are gonna change probably a little bit. San Diego State might it's the number might go up, might go down, but it's already gone up. So bet it now. Um, you know, and keep an eye on it. The injuries, Houston point guard, he's injured right now. Right. Tennessee has an injury. You know, keep an eye on those. Those change the outcomes of games if those guys come back and they're 100. percent So exactly. You keep your ear. You got to keep your ear to the news. Keep your ear to the grindstone and don't listen to any commentary because it does. It clutters your brain. 
Because it sounds good. It sounds good. If you don't know, it sounds good. Just find out where the game is at, who's playing, see with your eyes who's playing, right? Right? That means who's hurt. And, and because these teams are so good, these coaches are so good, it, it, did, it makes no difference. These players are so good. They're so close to in talent that it does not make any difference against inferior talent or coaching. But when the coaching is close to being equal and the talent is close to being equal, that's where these missing players comes in. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't and, have to and, give extra sports a thousand dollars. Go ahead. And the other thing is keep an eye like a Tennessee just beat Duke. Right. That's the national championship game. Right. So you, you want to bet Florida Atlantic in the game because Tennessee's gonna come down a bunch. Right. And Florida Atlantic's gonna capitalize on that. So that that's the other thing I wanted to mention too. No, and that and that's the insight you have as a coach. Because you yeah. knew after you coached thirty years. So after mm-hmm. your first five years, right, you knew you can only get your team sky high. That all it's like a spin class, right? A spin class, you're like go to five, seven, and ten. You can't do the whole spin class at ten. You can't. No, so you, you, can't. you can only get a football team. You can get only two or three times you can get them sky high. But a basketball team, because of the length of the season, maybe five times. So exactly. coach got him sky high. He was sky high. Usually you see Barnes sitting down the whole time. He was jumping up, acting crazy. So you don't have to pay. Action Sports, $1,000 for information. Listen to the, our podcast. We do a lot of research on ourselves, but our research, our statistics are filtered, are earmarked, are distilled to what put, puts money in your pocket. So Winston Churchill said, and we do this because collaboration, information we get from people is vital. Because one game changed different in some information we get from the people, feedback we get from it. We've gotten a lot of feedback from the NCAA. We like it, a lot of questions. can make the difference in being profitable, and we're not going to live forever. So one extra day you get profitable means a lot, a lot of value. So Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the SBC Podcast Network. Recording stopped. Keep your mouth shut. I'm not taking off my clothes today. I'm styling and profiling. All right.